Welcome to BDO Talks Arissa, a monthly podcast recorded live at BDO. Each month, we'll be talking best practices around all things Arissa, how to avoid common compliance issues, how to navigate the tricky ins and outs of Arissa's fiduciary provisions, and discussing our own experiences working for BDO's Arissa Services Group and the insights we share through the Arissa Center of Excellence. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Welcome back to BDO Talks Arissa. I'm Joanne Zupka. Thank you for joining me today. Since the passing of Secure 2.0, which was signed into law on December 29, 2022, we have provided numerous thought leadership items on Secure 2.0, including articles, podcast discussions, and two webinars. Today, I'm going to address the questions that we have received based on our thought leadership items. The first question that we received relates to unenrolled participant disclosures which are applicable to DC plans. The question is, does this include 403B plans? And if 403B plans are no longer required to communicate annual university availability notices. So let's start with um, unenrolled participant disclosures is effective for plan years beginning after December 31st, 2022, or during your 23 plan year. Um, And then I think we need to define who is an unenrolled participant. It's an eligible employee who has elected not to participate in the plan. Currently, employees eligible to participate in a retirement plan are required to receive a broad array of notices that are intended to inform them of their various options and rights under the plan. Secure 2.0 no longer requires employers provide certain intermittent ERISA or code notices to unenrolled participants who have not elected to participate in defined contribution plans, which would cover for a 3B plan. So, for example, notices regarding the different investment options under the plan are generally not necessary for unenrolled participants because, you know, they're not participating in the plan. However, to further encourage participation of unenrolled participants, the plan is required to send annual reminder notice of participant eligibility to participate in the plan and any applicable election deadlines, and two, any document requested anytime by the participant. So. And this rule applies only with respect to unenrolled participants who received the summary plan description in connection with their initial eligibility under the plan and any other notices related to eligibility under the plan required to be furnished. So with regards to the 403B plan, I would say yes, if you're sending out on an annual basis um, communication about the um, universal availability rule, then I would continue to send that even to unenrolled participants. The second question we received was, are there any small employer or other exceptions for the auto-enrollment requirement? As a reminder, the auto-enrollment requirement is effective for 2025. For new 401k and 403b plans, they would be required to include an automatic enrollment at a minimum of 3% and a maximum of 10%, and two, auto-escalation at one percentage point per year up to at least 10%. New plans are plans not established before the date of enactment, which was December 29th, 2022. Now, there are a few exceptions. There are exceptions for government plans, church plans, employers with 10 or fewer employees, and new businesses that have not been in existence for three years. And then in case you do have a simple plan, they are not subject to this requirement. 
The third question we received uh, related to the catch-up contribution increase in 2025 for individuals between the age of 60 and 63 and whether this is mandatory or optional. And this provision can be a little tricky to understand because, in my opinion, it's the rare provision that is both mandatory and optional. So the higher catch-up contribution goes into effect for 2025 for individuals between the age of 60 and 63. This is the mandatory uh, portion of this provision. The SECURE 2.0 has already moved forward with that increase. However, it's up to the individual if they want to contribute more. So that's the optional side. As we know, currently right now, employees who have attained aged 50 or older are permitted if they choose to make catch-up contributions under a retirement plan in excess of otherwise applicable limits. So again, the limit is going up. That's mandatory, right? That's been done with the passage of Secure 2.0. But it's optional because it's an individual choice for the individuals that are within that age range of 60 to 63, starting in 2025, if they want to contribute more. The fourth question that we receive, the individual is looking for a little more detail on the three-year limit repayment of qualified birth or adoption related to that distribution. So the response is going to be a little technical in nature, so bear with me. But in the end, I think it's going to make a lot of sense. Um, the original SECURED Act included a provision that allowed employees to receive distributions from their retirement plan in the case of birth or adoption without paying the 10% additional tax under Code Section 72T. And under the secured, the original SECURED Act, the distribution can be recontributed to the retirement plan where the distribution was made at any time, and that recontributed contribution would be treated as a rollover. Okay, that's what it was under the original SECURED Act. Here's the problem, and it's with the current law and the allowance of the re-contributions at any time. Code Section 6511 prevents a refund from being provided to a taxpayer after the period of limitation for the return has closed, which is generally three years. So now we're kind of talking about your personal income tax and when you're filing and, and making those refunds. There's not a mechanism under the code allowing someone who took a birth or adoption distribution to recontribute the distribution more than three years later and amend their tax return to receive a refund for the taxes that were paid in the year of the withdrawal. Now, Secure 2.0 changes that. It amends the original provision to restrict the recontribution period to three years and is effective for distributions made after December 29th, 2022 and retroactive to the three-year period beginning on the day after the date in which the distribution was received. So it does go back and cover any of those distributions that might have been taken under the original SECURED Act. If you believe your plan is receiving these re-contributions, please work with your service provider, trustee, custodian, record keeper, to make sure the contribution is being treated and recorded as a rollover contribution. And then don't forget to review the financial statement disclosure about rollovers and modify accordingly. Question five, which provisions will have the most impact on plan auditors and what recommendations do you have for auditors? This is a difficult question to provide a response kind of without knowing what optional provisions a plan may elect. So I'm going to answer both questions kind of at the same time. 
recommendation would be just to stay in contact with your client throughout the year to see when the provisions, mandatory or optional, went into effect, when they're going to be available to plan participants. And for the mandatory provisions, honestly, I think what's going to have the most impact is the long-term part-time provisions under the original SECURE and SECURE 2.0. They have a potential to have a big impact on plans and the plan auditors, Um, especially when you think about from a testing perspective, um, making sure that the plans are following the provisions. Did they allow individuals to enter the plan based under the proper SECURED Act? And second, changes relating to the Roth contributions. And so that's got a two-piece portion to it, right? Um, We've got the Roth contributions as employer contributions in 2023, and then catch-up contributions being allowed as Roth in 2024. And as we've said before, there does need to be additional guidance provided, both from um, a regulatory perspective and from the Treasury to allow for proper and correct implementation relating to the Roth contributions. So again, I think that's just having the conversations, checking in, seeing what where your client or the plan stands with talking with the service providers um, and making sure that we've adapted accordingly. Obviously, um, you would have to modify your audit procedures um, once these Roth contributions go into effect. And the last question that we received dealt with, will auto enrollment and auto escalation apply to long-term part-time employees? And so this question and this answer, um, the question is really taking two provisions and kind of blending them together. So we're going to kind of unblend them and, and provide some guidance. So the auto enrollment and auto escalation only relates to new plans, 401k, or 403B plans that were established on or after December 29th of 2022 and goes into effect for those plan years beginning after December 31st, 2024. So if you're a calendar year in plan, auto enrollment, auto escalation goes into effect really January 1st of 2025. So the only thing that I can tell you is hopefully when these new plans were or are being established, the plan provisions relating to long-term part-time employees are are currently being considered so that the new plans are set up kind of properly, because now here's the next part where we're kind of blending the provisions. As I had just mentioned, there are changes related to the long-term part-time employees for existing plans that go into effect for 2024 and 2025. As you're kind of putting together your new plan, you kind of want to know what these provisions are related to long-term part-time employees so that you can get that into your new plan. If you're an existing plan, you don't need to consider auto-enrollment or auto-escalation for your long-term part-time employees, with the exception being as long as auto-enrollment and auto-escalation are not existing plan provisions right now. So that's kind of a tricky one to answer, and there's not a clean answer. You really have to break it apart and think about what is going on um, and what the plan provisions are right now. And those were the questions that we have received. I thank you for joining me today. I think as we've all kind of mentioned, um, the SECURE 2.0 is going to be keeping everyone busy for years to come, from the regulatory agencies to plan sponsors, those charged with governance, to service providers, including the auditors. Really, the key is going to be communication and knowing what's happening, when it's happening, um, and how we can adapt 
to the plan provisions, our audit procedures, um, disclosures relating to the have to go out to plan participants. And we know that there's going to be more questions down the line. So we're happy to be a resource. Should you have any additional questions on Secure 2.0, please feel free to submit your questions to BDOTalksarissa at BDO.com. And lastly, should you need more information on topics relating to retirement and HR trends, I highly recommend that you go out to BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence, which can be located on BDO.com. And again, thanks for joining me today, and we look forward to chatting with you next month. Thank you for listening to BDO Talks ERISA. Past episodes and information about how to join us for our next live recordings are available at BDO.com slash BDO Talks ERISA. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence and the services we provide, visit BDO.com slash ERISA.